This is CliffCentral.com. Hey, boss, why in the world? You know, I was hoping that today, today of all days, you would be the one that just sings us in. No, you must do your thing. This is, this is, me, I'm not the idol singer. You are. Do you know, just like today of all days, man, I thought I could hear you. I could hear you busting those beats, man. I was waiting. I was waiting for you to help me out, you know. You know I need help with these things. Sanman and Nogi, welcome to the show. It is, frankly speaking, one hour of the issues. No, one hour of a goodbye. Oh. This is a long goodbye, my friend. Well, what's the long goodbye about now? The what's long happening goodbye here? after three years of the issues, as you would put them, after three years <laughs> of... Uh, the deep conversation, the bubble and boil and toil of uh, of the deep and troubling conversations of South Africa. This is where it comes to an end. <sighs> Three years, eh? Three years. 150 shows, is it? 150 shows. 150 shows of everything from Mandela. Was Mandela a sellout to um, is... You know, white privilege, what do black people want, Uh, am I a homophobe? After all of that, we come to the end of it. We're here. We're here. (laughs) All right. Well, we, uh, yeah, it is our last show, frankly speaking, and we'll talk a little bit about where we're going, what we're doing. And of course, you can uh, join the conversation as well. If you have anything to say, any moments that you would like to speak about, anything you want to reflect about in the current society, of course, is not just a (coughs) goodbye for for us, our listeners have been loyal as well, so maybe they've got some things to say. Um oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine. I think I fucked that up. Hey, wait. I think I've screwed that up. It's uh or hit us up on Twitter at Rory Shabalalo at Yebo underscore Levy. Um, or send us a WhatsApp on zero seven nine four eight two zero seven nine seven four eight two zero nine zero. Where did you find that? I, I, I know my stuff. <laughs> Unlike you, wow. I am. I what know a my broadcaster stuff. you are! Wow, that's amazing, Rory Song. That is amazing. So, Rory, it's been uh, it's been incredible. Let's let's start at the very beginning. Yes. How did this relationship begin on radio? Well, what went down here? Let's just figure it out and and start from from the very very beginning. You can't. Do you start, remember? You can't start at the beginning if you don't start at the pre-beginning at conception. And what was conception? Me and you, we met, and of course Andrew was an absolute. I mean, if you think Andrew is a, is a left leaning socialist, my goodness! When I found him, and when he found me, he was just a he was a right leaning hardcore banker, capitalist, huh? Proper capitalist. So if you want to know the impact that a show like this would have, uh, look at Andrew now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> neat, hair, neat haircut, suits and everything And uh, and, and this <clears throat> is Andrew now who, who has been accused many times Of being a communist <laughs> Since we started the show I don't know where this communism thing comes <laughs> You know what's so funny is when, when you're a poor white You get seen as a communist But actually you just don't have any money <laughs> that is, and, that is, and, that, and that gentleman chose and proves And that ladies And ladies, and, and ladies uh, Definitely proves uh, that our show has done nothing <laughs> To change Andrew He still denies his privilege No, and, uh, no, no, and, no, uh, no, no, and, no And and all his money And of course I still I still leave out ladies Which is which is again It seems like we haven't learned anything We haven't learned anything here <laughs> So we, we, we've almost changed roles I feel 
Because when I met you, what you didn't say, you said I was a capitalist, but you were a hardcore socialist as well, you know? I've never been a socialist. I, I never, I've never even aspired to be a socialist. Didn't you start a, a party or something like that? Yeah, but uh, that doesn't mean that... And uh, it wasn't based on socialist tendencies? No, absolutely not. Uh, it was based on uh, changing the world and... Uh, uh, restoring the promise of freedom and all of those nice things. I thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, in the middle of in the middle of all of that, um, you invited me as a guest uh, at the time, right mm. at the beginning. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I looked up that show. Hey, did you I find it? Show. Yeah, I looked up yeah. that show. You know what that show was called? Yeah. What would you do if you were president? Aha. Uh-huh. Because yeah. you were you were at Achang at the time. Yeah. And. Um, and uh, we we wanted to get a whole bunch of very interesting people in in, in studio, and you were one of them. And um, you, it's it's interesting that now, four years or three years later, we come almost full circle um, with this idea of the presidency in complete shambles. What would you do if you were president now, Mister Rory Sangshabalala? Keepers, man. Who wants to be president right now? Only a psychopath wants to be president now. So true. Yeah? So that tells you a lot about uh, the, the the candidates that are running for ANC president in December. Um, <clears throat> it, it is an absolute mess. But I think if 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 I were president, I think there is a lot of work that needs to be done. I think South Africans, deep down inside, and this maybe this is just me. Mm. South Africans just want to get on with it. And they want to get along, uh, mm. contrary to popular belief. Yes. Um, and we actually just need leaders on all, on all, uh, across all sectors of society, racial groups to stand up and to begin to lead people in the conversation. But to, for that to happen, we need to be frank, um, about the conversations that we need to have. So moving forward, not at the expense of Acknowledging everything that's happened in the past, not at the expense of acknowledging our privilege and acknowledging all of those things. So, mm. so I am obviously still loath to the idea that we move forward by ignoring by everything being that's historic. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just ignoring the fact that uh, when you drove to studio today, the only people you saw walking in the streets and in taxis were black, as mm. if as if that's just some coincidence. It's normalized. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so, so I think that that is the role of anyone that would. Uh, aspire to be president and, and everything else then begins to fall into place because mm. once we are all of one mission and one of one heart, we can then begin to treat the economy in a way that allows for us to move forward rather than backwards. So right now we're not of one mission because even those that say they are of, of, of one mission, um, they will go as far as they can go until such point that their privilege, their standing, their their wealth is threatened, mm. and then they step away. And and actually, what we need is the type of president that could probably inspire us and say to us, um, you know what? Uh, let's all let's all sacrifice, starting mm. with myself as the president. Um, so no palaces, no no blue lights, none none of that. Mm. Because once the people <clears throat> see you sacrificing, maybe they they're more willing to sacrifice. Mm. And you. If you were president? Hmm. Jeez, you gave such a nice answer. So let's assume that South Africa will have a white president. It will, it will never ne- have a you white see, that's president. The thing. It will never. So if that was to happen. It, it won't happen in my lifetime. I'm, I'm almost sure of that. I'm not yeah, saying it won't know. happen. But you never know, man. Well, it depends we, how long I live, but I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think it will happen. At some stage, we didn't think that Mandela would be released. So you never know. If you were to be that guy, where what would you do? <clears throat> It's a great question. I think 
see, I haven't thought about this because it's so far away from, from any kind of thought process, but I, I really believe in, in the mission that, that I suppose I'm trying to do at the moment, uh, in my other job, which is access, uh, and opportunities. And that is to get as many people access and opportunities as possible in this country. And I think the only way to do that is through really high quality education. Um, not the education we're getting right now at a, at a lower, middle and tertiary education level, but, um, really, really high quality education that allows young people to go, you know what? If I want to be an engineer, if I want to be a pharmacist, a doctor, a lawyer, a creative, I can do that because I've got the access. Mm. Then it's up to me in order to make that happen, right? Um, because I think, the one idealism that I'm trying, that I'm slowly letting go of is that all people aren't equal, you know? Um, I used to think, oh no, our biggest thing is we must try and equalize everything. That's untrue. We, we can't equalize everything. It is unequal at the moment and we need to continue to make it unequal, but in the reverse. Um, and we've got to get used to that kind of concept. But what I do think is really important is we have to create as much access as possible. Wow. I wonder, did you listen to that first show? Did you go back when you were listening? You know, I didn't. Uh, I, I It'd didn't be interesting have, to compare. I'd love to, I'd how, love to how hear your views, thoughts there. Eh? How, our, how our views three years ago have changed. But then the show moved on, Andrew, and uh, we got into this. Obviously, I was a guest at the time, um, and and you invited me on. Uh, back then, the show was called uh, The Konza Show. Mm. Where does Konza come from? Like, I've never understood it. Um where, what were you thinking when you decided that your show was going to be called the Konza show? Konza is a really interesting, uh, Zulu word, isn't it? It's, um, and funny, funny enough, there's a, there is a show called the Konza show on Okozi FM. Oh. Um, and basically Konza is two, you know, and you can correct me because I'm sure you know more Zulu than I do. There we go. The black guy knows Zulu. I'm well, Praetorian. No, but I know you know Zulu, so you don't play that game with me. So Konza means two things. It means to call and it also means to praise. Um, yes. so it was, it was almost a calling of praise, you know, um, the show in itself, mm. in its idealistic self. And then realized that's a load of rubbish. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I think it was, it was amazing that, uh, I can call you my friend before the show and, um, that I was just like, man, it would be really cool to have conversations with this guy weekly, uh, about interesting topics, you know? Every week we had an egg together. Uh, people don't know that by the time that we're having this conversation on air, uh, we, we've had, a, we've had an egg together from around half past seven in the morning. We've actually already had the whole conversation. We had the whole conversation. Jeez. We are, uh, and, and we're going into it. Now, Andrew, you know, I'm going to now take over as the, and as, as, as the broadcaster and you are going to sit in the interview chair just for a bit as a guest this. so that, so this. that we can understand. I mean, you were the visionary behind the show. Um, and you were certainly the visionary behind even the idea that we could do a show together. Um, what is it that you were hoping, um, to get out of that, uh, t- that interaction? And do you think that it's been achieved in all this time? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think one of the insights and observations that I've had over my <clears throat> very short life, but especially over the last couple of years, is that South Africans don't know how to dialogue with each other. Mm. We don't know how to listen properly. Um, it's very difficult. It's a lot of ego. There's a lot of um, legacy, psychological shit that's going on in our minds. <clears throat> so... We really don't know how to dialogue with each other and really understand each other's viewpoints. And 
You know, Rory, I think that one of the, the gifts that you were given is not only being a brilliant intellectual, but being able to communicate messages very succinctly, which I think so many people have enjoyed. I think Eusebius calls you his intellectual crush. Um, and, uh, I think that that's what was needed was I'm a kind of a, more of an emotional person. So I just t- say it as I see it, but I think we needed someone who could succinctly talk about the issues and, and that person definitely was you. And it was also really cool that we had had a level of trust and, um, and built a friendship before this so that it wasn't kind of staged and on air, you know, when they put uh, a person of color and then a girl and a boy together because that's the perfect rainbow nation collaborative that was never what this was it was just a friendship that grew into conversations and i think has been built and building continuously through this so i think that to answer your question has it been achieved i'm not sure i think that it's it's always going to be on a scale and it's always going to be uh, a spectrum of things sometimes i really feel like in my own life i'm like wow I've really come along in terms of the way I converse with people these days and dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. and other times I get it completely and utterly wrong, you know. Now, um, the, the other day I was, I was uh, accusing you of becoming the very person that you, yes, that you I hate, hate. Uh-huh. that you hate, um, throughout this process. So Tell you, them what happened have, because uh, you don't, you, I, don't not gonna... I actually don't remember. I just remember accusing you, oh. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but you've always had this thing against, uh, uh, I don't know what do you call it the the, the better white or the whatever, the work white the work white yeah, and so on yeah. and and then mm. and then the then other day the and then uh, the other day I began to I, I accused you about that how do you feel about that do you think do, I mean uh, never mind the work white thing but uh, but how this process has changed you because I guess we come on to we come in front of the mics because we hope that we're making a change to somebody out there mm. but uh, not realizing that uh, a lot of the change is happening internally within ourselves so mm. what sort of change have you have you undergone do you think you know we, for the better or for the worse we had a really interesting conversation with a gentleman by the name of Luke Jordan a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about Zuma and the Guptas and he said a very interesting thing where he said we as South Africans should stop worrying about the Guptas and the Zoomers and start worrying about our own spaces and what's going on there, you know? And I think that is one thing that in the, in the three years that we've been doing this, that's, that's become really in a moment of good reflection. I'm, I'm tired of telling other people what they must do and what they mustn't do. Mm. I just want to make sure that me, I'm trying every single day to do the things that I feel are, are right and, and, build that that one concept which is access you know if i can do that then i know that that's the thing that's that i'm doing then i'm doing okay and i know that i'm going to get it wrong and it's okay to be wrong sometimes you know it's where you learn the most mm. but um so i think that that's that's been a really interesting thing is i used to especially when the show began i was waiting for people to to be racist you know whether it's on facebook or friends or even family you know i was waiting for them to say something you know mm. that i knew was bullshit mm. and then i'll jump on them and pounce on them now i'm just like you know i can't you, you that's your i'm very happy to have a conversation with you and i'll tell you where i think i'm coming from and i'll hear from where you come from but i'm not going to try and prove that you're wrong um, you certainly become very conscious. I mean, uh, when I met you, you ate meat just as much as oh, I was delicious. Now yeah. you're a vegetarian. Wings, eh? <laughs> now you're an absolute vegetarian. Uh, you're a guy who 
uh, is very aware of all of those things that mm. I, I'm probably not as aware of. You know, like uh, heteronormative, all those big work words that I really struggle <laughs> with. Heteronormative, cis, whatever, uh, whatever. Cisgender. All of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What? How easy or difficult has it been for you to take on that journey of of, of change, and why have you thought it important to change? I think it's um, less about change and more about self-awareness. Um, you know, I, a very good friend of mine has been a vegetarian and now a vegan for a very long time, and we used to have the biggest debates. And I used to, I used to give him hell about how I was, you know, like trying to defend my position. Mm. And what I really realized is that I was being so not aware of myself and also surroundings. I had stopped thinking because it was just easier not to think. Mm. And that's the truth. We we are gifted, amazing yet people, you know, humans. And, and in South Africa, we are amazing. We have got such potential. But we do stop thinking. We, we, we stop thinking because it's easier. Mm. So whether it be about race, whether it be about food, whether it be about housing, whether it be about gender, you know, that gender is a big one this year. It's come out hugely in the, the Not Me campaign and uh, Me Too campaign and mm. um I just saw this this documentary called The People vs. Patriarchy. Um and you know, it's it's by being self aware it doesn't mean that I'm right. I, I get it wrong. I had a conversation with this wonderful friend of mine, um and she was telling me how hectic like I am as a as part of this patriarchal system, you know, me personally, not like not men out there, me because of the way I think, because of what I do, how I feel about things. And you know, it's hard to change things, but it's more about being self-aware. It's about going, you know what? Hey, bro, like shit is not cool at the moment. Yeah. It is not cool to, as you say, walk in the streets and the service providers and the people taking public transport are all black. You know, um, it's not cool when you go into restaurants, um, high class restaurants and all you see are white faces. Um, it's not cool to see attitudes that just talk about how 1994 was 23 years ago. We should all get over it already. It, it's just... If you think about it a little bit more and you just investigate and research a little bit more, it becomes a little bit more apparent that, hey, man, maybe my view wasn't wasn't the right one, you know? Hmm. Um, and as I say, that doesn't mean that, oh, flip, I'm walking on water here. I'm absolutely not. More like treading like crazy and always, and most of the time failing. But learning that, hey, this is a good failure moments. Um, I don't know. Like, do you, do you think that wokeness is is robbing is robbing us of the flavor of life? I think it definitely is robbing us of conversations, hundred percent. Because what's happening is the woke police are shutting stuff down so quickly that even if you have an opinion, a thought process, um, you're scared to now put it up on social media amongst your friends or even talk about it because you're scared that you're on the wrong side of this point. You know, mm. um, so for example, we've had great conversations about patriarchy, um, and y you are very outspoken. So it's really great to have your, your kind of thought process on this. Um, I think a lot of people potentially share views similar to yours or even more hardcore, but won't speak about them because they're scared that someone's going to come and call them a, a sexist or that they're bullshitting. And there's no way that we can learn if we, if we don't have those kind of conversations. There's no, and it's not to say that you're right or I'm right or you're wrong. It's just about, Continuous understanding and empathizing. That's another part of wokeness that I don't understand. That we're all right. We can't be all right. Surely, it's not about being right. I think that's the misnomer as well. It's not about being right. That's the problem in society, is that we we're on this path of always having to be right, you know, or wanting to be right. You know, it's a competition in the Twitter sphere. It's a competition of how good your argument is so that you win. You know, mm. and where is that going to get us at the end of the day? Where are we right now? South Africa is in shit. 
<laughs> and that's not helping. But is, it, is that not because there's so many different opinions as opposed to simply just agreeing that there is that there's some opinions that are just rubbish? I think that there there are a lot of opinions that are just rubbish. But and we should call them out as rubbish. We should. Mm. But the way in which we call them out is very important, right? Because if you say, let's just say that you're like, Andrew, you're a racist. Mm. Immediately, I have to go into defensive mode, you know? Immediately, without even, because I don't want to be known as a racist. I don't want to be known as a liar, a sexist. Um, I might be all those things. Mm. But there's no way that that conversation is going to end in a result where I go, you know what, Rory? You're right. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> it's just not going to happen, you yeah. know? Um, Rory, I feel like you've been asking a lot of questions. No, but no, I'm gonna, no, no, no. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't you're do still on the, you're still in the hot seat. So, so, so just the last well, question. The last, the last question. Last question. Last so, question. So, so what's been your No fa- comment. What's been, <laughs> <laughs> what's been your favorite show, um, in all this time? We yes. obviously went through all of the shows and so on. Uh, which which has been do you think your your favorite show or at least the one that stood out the most even if it might not even if it might have left you discombobulated to use a, a big English That's word a big English word um yo they've been I don't know if I can bring it down to one show things that I'm conversations that I'm proud of mm. I think we did a great series on white privilege mm. um and I think that a lot of people learnt a lot of things in that show and I certainly learned a lot in that in that series. Um it was beautiful. You should check it out if you if you haven't re- if you haven't listened to it. It has so many differing opinions, so many different perspectives. Um so I'm really proud of that work and and still it's still some of the most listened to podcasts that we've created. Um and then I think it's more about the people, you know? For example, Sisonke Msimang, um Eusebius is always someone I'm interested in hearing from. Um, he had a great interaction with Ernst Roots, uh, on this show. Um, and, um, Musik as well. I remember that show very, very well because he put us in our place so badly. It was <laughs> ridiculous. I've never felt like such a schoolboy in my life. Uh, I still, I still stand your, by my position. Uh, your position was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think one of, you know, something that I'm personally passionate about, but I think, a series that I loved, love, love, love was the students. Mm. Um, when we did Fees Must Fall and we did a series on that and we got a whole bunch of voices from very different uh, parts of the country and very different experiences and backgrounds and they spoke about their experiences. Um, yeah, for me, that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, if you, if you've forgotten about that whole vibe, just have a listen to some of the stuff, um, from that time. T- Listening. Mm, no, uh, well, that's it exactly. Everyone's listening, but nothing's coming, is it? Let's see if this works. I think uh, people also don't appreciate what happens behind the scenes, Andrew. That you've also been like a, a in in studio producer for three years as well, because I just can't figure this stuff out. There's like a million buttons, glowing buttons in front of you, um, and so Clearly on. Pretty crap at it, obviously, because eh? I can't <laughs> even get it to work. Eh? You're nervous. You're shaking. You're emotional. I get it. The student movement is really uh, moving up a gear. Yeah, it's uh, it's going into into the next stage of things. But there is also a lot of student frustration and a lot of student anger, which is very much justified. Thanks. The militant revolution of the students. We must be celebrating these students because they are defining and defending constitutional values. We cannot have an institution where. Uh, Things are not right, and we're pretending as everything is normal. Violence. 
this violence on campus and if it's justified or not. The nature of the day needs to be disrupted for us to bring at center focus what is really happening and that's what the institution fails to see. Is this justified? Is this, is this the way we're going to go forward? Mm. Um, is there not another way in order to, to make Make your voices heard, and it looks like there isn't. This is more about how society is structured, how society is actively working against black bodies in every space that we find ourselves in. Get an education, that's what you're there for. You're not there for anything else. Get on with it. How is it that we are more focused on burnt paintings rather than caring about the fact that there are students who are homeless? Would apartheid have ended if not for the acts of violence and confrontation that went with the freedom? The patronizing that's happening from the current system and people who come into place to seem to want to correct the situation. And that's what we've been tired of. Typically, these things only stop... When, when there's been bloodshed. Uh, close to the university, guys. Don't judge us on social media and say that we're hooligans for protesting. By the time you see the protest on the media, things have gone bad, but it doesn't start. Riot is the voice of, of the unheard. And uh, what does it say for the rest of us that are willing to allow things to remain as they are? What What is the greater violence? Burning of paintings or allowing uh, 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 students to remain excluded from the halls of learning? Which is the greater violence, ultimately? Mm. And maybe that's been uh, mm. just a big mm. theme mm. across mm. the entire mm. show, hasn't it been? It's just different forms of violence um, and that happen out in society and, and ways in which we need to, most of the time, look at ourselves rather than look at others and say, so how are we contributing to, to that violence, whether it is of a racial nature, economic nature, uh, gender nature, uh, homophobia, pho- phobic nature, and so mm. on. We've it's had just, lots of, it's, it's, we've it's had lots of, lot that. of yeah. It's, so it's been a lot, I guess, of 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 a self-examination. I think uh, as much as it's been about, there have been a few where we've just visibly just said no. Actually, we're going to point fingers in the show. <laughs> I'm interested to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested, uh, Rory, you know, you put me on the hot spot here, but interested to hear your views and if they've changed, shifted, moved on homophobia. Because we've had a few homophobic shows on this. Uh, we haven't had homophobic shows. Well, <laughs> hopefully not, but uh, uh, shows around homophobia. Um, and I've got a clip that I want to play for you of a very, very funny moment. So that's the other pe- thing I people don't know is that you're the guy that cuts all the content. <laughs> so you get to set the show up as you wish no, no, based no, on no, the, no. based on uh, what you You'll like cut. this. You'll like this. But, but I'm interested to hear if your, if your views have shifted or changed in any way or, or what were your views and what are they now? Maybe that's a better question. I think I remember the show and I think I, I think my views haven't changed. But anyway, let's, let's, because no, I no, think, no, like, I think, I think I wasn't being heard, but go ahead. Let's, I, I want to. <laughs> So this is actually, I had to pull this clip from an advert that we created once. One of our producers created it. So you're going to have to listen very carefully because the audio is not 100%. We work with a lot of young people who are wanting to be aspiring producers. And uh, this guy created this advert for us. Um, but the clip inside it is beautiful. So have a listen to this. Is that it? Hold on.
fisting. Yes, yeah, you can have them actually. <laughs> oh man, we can't do this it's now. It's a disease called this fisting. Now, okay, okay, no fisting. Unreal, uncensored, unradio. So did you... Yeah, a disease called fisting. A disease called? Yeah, Fisting. Fisting. Yeah, you can have them actually. Oh man, we can't do this now. It's a disease called fisting. fisting. Okay, okay, no fisting. Unreal. Uncensored, unradio. Hey, do you remember that? I remember that. Remember? Show. That was a pastor. Hey. He said fisting. I said fisting. 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 <laughs> Yo, Called it a disease. Wow. Cheapest, wow, man. Wow, I mean, wow. that is. Look, my, my, my. I think I. I can't remember the full details of that show, but I do remember saying that. You know what? I think it's it's um. It's easy to come here and say I am not a racist. I am not homophobic. I am not sexist and so on. Mm. It's, it's very easy to say that, but you look at your mindset and you look at the things that you do and you realize actually I am constantly a recovering racist, homophobe, sexist and all of those things. So, so I think that is the argument that I was making then. Um, if I remember well, I wasn't heard. And so the assumption was <laughs> I was saying I was promoting it, but I was saying no. I'm simply being honest that when I look at myself and I look at my life and I look at um, all of the conversations that I engage in, the way I engage in them, um, then I then I, I think I am homophobe because I don't actually, you know, when when things happen, let's say of a racist nature, and I feel I'm on the wrong side of it as in terms of being a victim, mm. I am very loud. I am very, I fight very hard. But when when it's something happening to somebody else and it's maybe of a homophobic nature, of a sexist nature and so on, do I fight as hard? No. And so what does that mean? And so it was deep examination into self and saying, you know, what does this, why is it that I'm willing to fight for this cause and not that cause? Mm. Um, why is it that I have a, a reflex actually in fighting for one cause and not the other? And perhaps a lot of it is just that I would rather turn a blind eye to it rather than actually fighting for it. Mm. Of course, it's tiring to fight all the time for everything. So mm. I guess it's, it's that difficulty of somebody who, who, Wants to be to to be a positive difference in the world, but at the same time, um, there's so many things to fight about. So, and I guess you one does get to a point of fatigue as well. You you um, were very passionate coming into the show about answering one question, which was so what? Mm. So what if we do this show and we do 150 shows three years later? <laughs> so I'd like you to answer that. So what question? Like I, I still don't know, bro. It's it's still it's still a question that I wake I woke up every single morning uh, coming to the show and, and asking myself. You know, is there anyone out there? Is there anyone listening? Are we making a difference? Because we could sit here and people are just entertained by the fact that we're spending an hour with them. Mm. But but are we making a difference? Are we moving anything? And I'm still stuck there, right? If we still have to convince people um, in this day and age that that the events of Black Monday are unacceptable, mm. uh, both to those who were involved and to those who defend those who were involved and 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 try to turn it into some righteous act, mm. uh, then I wonder, you know, where are, we? where are we and what what impact have we made? Mm. Um, but then every now and then you bump into somebody who says, "Hey, man, you know that show on this and this really." got me thinking and so on and i guess we have to realize that we only have an hour mm. um and and so the best that we can do is make a contribution is sow a seed and then allow others to water it and and eventually maybe one day the, the, there will be a harvest to be realized 
Okay, so people do, uh, you know, in in Cliff, in the Cliff Central uh, world, uh, a lot of people in studio, our colleagues, remember one show specifically that I'm personally not that proud of because I think it was more entertainment than anything else for for people listening rather no, than. Some, no, sometimes people need to see you taking people and. And, and just bashing them against the wall for, for, see, again, not all opinions are, just because you have an opinion, it doesn't make it a good opinion. But mm. anyway, let's play the clip as you, as I can see you've prepared that clip. I personally don't see why we should make those idiots famous, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, that the, you had to. You could not believe the noise and the furore and the outrageousness that happened on Frankly Speaking yesterday. Cunt is perfectly fine. Does it hurt your feelings? Do you need a safe space? Did I give a trigger Whoa. warning to your show, Andrew? <laughs> Where's your trigger warning, Andrew? Ooh, I forgot to download the podcast. Damn yes. it. No, my, no, my friend. It's, it's, I'm not. I'm not elevating you to anything. I think you're an idiot. I honestly don't. I'm not elevating you to Messiah level. You could take every five minutes of that show if you wanted to, and you could break it down. You could say, well, this is the truth. This is what's made up. I want to understand something. I'm you, you, you're hot under the collar. You're about facts. Why can't we just talk about facts without you being emotional? Because you don't talk about facts, and I haven't got an emotion. Okay, so give me facts. Do you, do you this is an opinion that is valid. This is an opinion that sounds like it's contrived. Come Racism on. is not a problem. There's facts for Racism this. Racism is not a problem. It's not a major problem. There are statistics for this. There are statistics for this. In this country. Where is your facts? In this country. I'll bring you facts. Okay, wait, wait. Let's hear the facts. Let's hear the facts. Racism is not a problem. According to which facts? And put them together and see what happens. This this whole ideology that no 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 we're just doing this for an individual or we just and this has nothing to do with anyone else that is absolute BS and it is revolting in the way that Greg Nicholson said as well because it's the suggestion that the issues of this country only matter to people like yourselves when they affect people of your own skin color. Every single one of us. We all think these things. Roman, the reason why I haven't switched mics off is because I really do believe that this is not about facts. There is emotion, and you can't take emotion out of situation. It's just impossible. You can't. Hey, 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 just like, shut up. I, I need to say something to you. Of course, right? you don't so, like so, to be spoken so, to. So, so, you don't like it to at me. all. You always have to be the biggest voice in the room, but you're not today. Shut up. Just shut up so I can talk, That's you idiot. Yeah, yeah listen, listen so, so help me understand. You never hear this on talk radio. They're all so friendly with each other on talk radio. They always go, ah, thank you. Well, you're entitled to your opinion and thanks for your call. No, that's not what people think. I guarantee you I've done ten times more than any of you. If you wanna if you wanna if you wanna do a dick measuring competition, we can whip it out right fucking here. I know that I know that some people may think that this kind of thing is just dangerous and destructive and unnecessary but really we have got to stop pretending that there aren't people who feel like Rory does I don't care you can leave if you want to no, not at all. yeah so 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 if you don't like it then leave there aren't people who yeah. feel like Jonathan does you don't I feel like you have any racial prejudice in your mind no, Socialized. but you can go ask the more than 20,000 black patients I've treated at Barra willingly. Come on. You can't Fucking use, the, you can't use the, that, that argument. Oh, if I hate people. If I hate people based on their skin the, color. So why would I dedicate my life to helping all people? <laughs> I don't Jonathan, discriminate Jonathan, on them. Jonathan. The thing is, we'll have these conversations amongst ourselves, right? Amongst yeah. our little groups. 
But when it comes to having these conversations with the people that you disagree with, then all of a sudden it's it's difficult to to have those conversations. People and, and you believe statistically and you're believing and you're believing that that is a fact. It is a fact that race is not an issue it's in about, this country. It's a, you believe it's that you genuinely believe that. It's about things you have lost your damn mind in South Africa. And that's how we learn, really. You need someone to test you to kind of make you expand your horizons. So many people say nothing, and as you said, they don't get confrontational, and all their thoughts and prejudices just fester. You know, and I think I think here's the, here's a problem: is is if we if we as a country believe we're going to move forward, we need to get to a point where uh, uh, people such as Ramon, such as Jonathan, are able to engage with the real issues of this country and and to engage with them honestly, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and this for me is, is they're, claiming, they're claiming the higher ground But their feet aren't touching that ground mm. uh, And their feet aren't touching that ground Because they refuse to, to, to acknowledge The reality of what's happening In the hearts and minds of ordinary South Africans Most of whom are black The reason why I've been emotional in this Because it is an emotional thing mm. right? To, to try and, and intellectualize this And to make this an objective thing It's not an objective thing for me When, when, when racist incident after racist incident happens And, 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 and it's it, it's, it's exactly that point that really it, it, it irritates me. And so I, I don't think I would have done this topic justice and been authentic about it if I had not responded uh, in, in an emotional, emotional way, way because mm-hmm. that's how I'm experiencing it. Mm. right? And, and I think until such point that we realize that we do need to acknowledge these emotions the same way they responded to the emotions of a girl who, who, who was hurt by the words of somebody else. Why do they refuse to acknowledge that the, the emotiveness of everything else and everyone else's response to it? Mm. Right? Why, why is it okay to address her emotions and not to address the emotions? Is because they do not see humans in us. That's ultimately what it's about. Mm. And that's where I'm leaving it. Wow. Yeah, if you ever hear me wow. speaking at such a, at, in such a wow. high-pitched tone, you must know you've, you've, you've set off, you've triggered me in many different ways. <laughs> you know, I think that last sentence was just really powerful. Which one? That they don't see humans in us. They don't. Look, a lot of South Africans still uh, refuse to acknowledge uh, apartheid as a crime against humanity. And uh, it's probably be less because they don't see it as a crime, but more because they don't see the people that it was done against as mm. humanity. Um, and I think... Uh, you know, just in terms of just the world of quantum physics and, and everything, we are on Earth. We are bound by time and space, right? And, uh, and if you're going to have opinions that are, that, that try and divorce themselves from, uh, the, the, the paradigm of the time and space that we occupy, then, then you, you have lost your damn mind, mm. right? So, um, there are a lot of people who, want to escape into some sort of intellectualism uh, and so on um and i think it's 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 actually the sign of a mature identity when you don't try and check out of the inconvenient parts but you actually look at it for what it is and then decide how we're going to move forward so mm. so the temptation that i've heard a lot of people uh you know challenge us about and so on is is to ignore it uh, ignore what's happened and and to ignore what is happening and, and and ignore the fact that a lot of the past makes makes up a lot of our present and is being passed on into the futures of the future generations as well um, the only way that we're going to begin to remove uh, such a big portion of our past from our present is if we confront it and mm. if we deal with it but if we keep arguing that we must move forward and so ignore it then i don't think we i don't think we're getting anywhere and i think the other thing from that show uh, which i think stands out quite 
has stood out a lot more for me um, is that emotion is data. Right. So mm. again, if you're going to run into the world of the intellectual and look for objective data and so on, uh, you miss out on a lot. But mm. actually emotion in <clears> itself <throat> is data. When you see people burning things in the street, that is data. It is telling you something. You, you can't dismiss it and say, ah, it's mm. emotion. I can't interact Don't worry with about it. it. No, yeah. no. Emotion is data. And, uh, and, uh, we, we still have a long way to go as South Africans, I think. And I guess as the world to begin to engage with, with each other. I mean, a lot of what those guys were saying might be might be couched as intellectualism, but it's actually fear, right? Mm. It's it's fear, and and if you have if you have the depth of empathy that that is required to engage with that, you might actually realize that those guys were actually not speaking from a position of strength. They're perhaps they're speaking from a position of vulnerability. Mm. And perhaps if we, the both of us or myself, were more mature at the time, we might have been able to engage better with the fear rather than engaging with what was at the surface appeared to be just uh, arrogance. Or they're just a-holes and we should have not wasted our time with them in the first <laughs> place. Um, it's funny, when, when you're speaking now, I remember a show that we did which <clears throat> was really interesting as well, which was just the, the title was, frankly speaking, Are We Raising Racists? And I think it's so interesting that in this day and age, you know, people are very quick to go, it's been 24 years, it's been 24 years, blah, 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 blah. But we're not that old, you know, if we look at things. Mm. Um, we've lived, I think, roughly more time now in democracy than we have in, in apartheid. Mm. Um, but people our age are still of these weird and wonderful and fucked up opinions about what race is and, and, and they're racist, you know, and their racism is, we're all recovering racist. Let's be honest. If you're white, you're a recovering racist. You're on a spectrum, but the intensity of the overt racism that not even COVID, the overt racism that happens amongst ages 25 to 35 is nuts. It's mm. absolutely nuts. And these are supposedly some of the rainbow nation people. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, I guess the, the, the thing that we have to also just come to realize is that, um and and I think I've only more recently come to to accept it is 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 that how we have the conversation is as important that we is as important as the fact that we are having the conversation mm. and mm. uh in all of our three years, I don't think we've ever convinced anyone of their racism by beating by beating them on the head about it true um and so uh and and I learned this actually through through our shows on um uh, men are trash and so on where you know i was on the wrong side in inverted commas of mm. the conversation but i was i was observing myself in that space and i was like geez is this how white men feel when we're having these conversations and maybe i'm still wrong maybe i'm still defending something that is that is wrong but mm. i genuinely don't feel like anything that was shouted at me or i was beaten with changed me mm. right um i think it was more of the sincere conversations where i was allowed to express uh my my views and so on that 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 went further than 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 simply being shouted at i think when a person gets shouted at you shut down mm. and nothing changes and so for me it started a thing i haven't yet concluded the thought around the quality of the conversation that we have as south africans and 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 what it is that we need to do to ensure that um that conversation actually has impact and has meaning um because we can speak for all we like mm. um but if we aren't making an impact then so what you know so i i'm i'm now i've i've now i think gotten onto a path that speaks a lot about or that where i reflect a lot on you know how do we have this conversation in a way that makes it matter r- rather than simply just having the conversation 
Rory, what's the conversation that you feel we didn't have at Frankly Speaking that you would have liked to have had? I don't know, man. I think, you know, we basically brought everything to this to the show. Um, whenever we had a thought, you and I would text each other, we'd meet, we'd discuss it, we'd research it, um, and then we'd bring it here. So mm. I don't feel, I'm not leaving uh, this platform or this show with a sense of, oh man, I regret, I should have mm. spoken about that. Mm. And so no, 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 I think, and to the credit of Cliff Central and to the credit of Gareth and Tarina, um, and our colleagues, they, they, all, they always allowed us and gave us the space to have whatever conversation we wanted to have. Mm. And doesn't necessarily mean we're all on the same, uh, on the same side politically or worldview wise and so on, but the, the, the bravery to allow those conversations to happen, I think is, 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 is commendable. You know, there was a, there was, there's such a beautiful conversation that we had very early on. Um, and it was about the Middle East at the time. And we, through, through networks and research, we managed to get someone who is, um, is known as a settler. So they live on uh, the West Bank as an Israeli. And we got a Palestinian activist and we had a three-way conversation. Um, about what was going on in the Middle East and about the individuals, not government level, not politics, not religion, but the individuals. And I found it absolutely fascinating. Uh, at the end of the conversation, um, the Israeli settler said, you know what, for peace in this region, I would absolutely move. Mm. Um, I would move back to, you know, I would move back to however much it would take in, and this wasn't a woke, you know, left liberal kind of person. This was someone who was living on a kibbutz, um, who was very much part of the settler movement and just through really, really in-depth conversation where these guys spoke emotionally to each other, um, this kind of conversation came out and I was, I, I personally, I thought that was incredibly rich radio. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing. And, and we, we should never tire and we should never, uh, we should never grow weary in, in our pursuit of those, that quality of conversation. Um, the nature of social media, the, the, how cheap it is now to put things, um, out there, you know, mm. put out a podcast and so on, uh, leads to the temptation of speaking just because, uh, just because you can, a platform, as opposed right. to speaking because you have something to, to say that is of meaning and that is of great contribution to what's already being said. Mm. Um, and I think that is, that is a space that we need to, I think we're still in the, in the, in the phase, uh, particularly in terms of digital media where everyone is just jumping onto the platforms and we're getting a lot of voices. I think there will be a time, uh, soon where we begin to consolidate and where it's about now focusing on those conversations and not those people, but those conversations, mm. um, that are really moving things yeah. that are beginning to shape things. And, and that's going to take a while. Um, but I think we can't grow tired. Um, when I joined you, um, I, I had just retired from politics and I said to you that it was simply, uh, you know, the, the, the whole, the conversation or the mission hadn't changed. The platform had simply changed. Um, and hey, I mean, if I had been in parliament, which I had the option of being in, um, I would only get to speak for two minutes. I got an hour every mm. single week to speak. Um, and to put all those people that we, we would have put, uh, uh, put on the, on the line in parliament and to put them and to grill them right here. So it, it's been a very privileged position as well to be here and to actually make sure that we extract all of the insight and depth of understanding that we've managed to get to. Anyone that you feel that you'd have loved to have interviewed? 
you know, there's a guy actually, and we tried. I tried for a long time to try and get him on. Um, he's a poet and a philosopher called David White, and he speaks about conversation. Like that's his entire mm. piece of research and thought and so on. And uh, and you should look him up. Uh, he's got a nice TED talk right now. Um, and and we tried tried to get him, and he's just like one of those people that just travels the world and speaks and so on. So it was super difficult to get him. But I, I really wanted to have him in here, and to have a conversation about conversation, um, and to have a conversation about um, how we have conversation. He speaks about you know one of the, the the most profound things that I think he says is that you know we live life. What we see, the only thing that is real in life is what happens at the conversational frontier between who we are and what the world is, right? So who you think you are is not reality, right? That doesn't shape the world. Um, What others think they are and what Andrew thinks he is doesn't shape the reality of what Andrew and I interact with or, or experience as our relationship. The only real thing is this interaction between who I am and who Andrew is. Mm. And only that becomes real. Everything else is secondary, right? If 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 what I was was real in, in that sense, it would completely dominate um, our experience of our relationship. Um, but the only real thing, the only thing that we share is this interaction, this deep interaction between who I am and who you are that creates something new. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, it's that type of conversation that I was hoping we could have with him. And just, uh, you know, he was in South Africa recently and I asked him a question. I said, so, you know, how do we have a conversation in South Africa, you know, um, about the future when we can't agree on where the past ends and where the present begins, you know? And that's a big conversation that I think we still need to have around where does our past end and where does our present begin? How do we walk together um, if we can't agree on where the starting point is? What was his answer to that? He didn't have an answer. <laughs> he, he didn't have an answer, and 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 that's just, I guess, that's just best testimony to the fact that it's a conversation that we continue to have uh, as a means. Because conversation isn't always about finding a right answer. Sometimes through conversation, we walk a journey towards the answer that mm. we might not have right now. But perhaps you know, in later generations, when when people are a lot more enlightened, uh, they will be able to look back at at how far they've come. From looking back at the types of conversations that we're having today and, and, and to say, okay, let's build on that and let's move it forward into another dimension. Oh, that's profound. I would have loved to have interviewed this guy. You say some of us don't know English properly. Can and then uh, we can only come and say, Honorable hong, 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 hong. Like that Honorable Matisa. Yes. Hong, hong, hong. Honorable Matisa. Hong, hong, hong. Honorable Matisa. That's the only thing that she knows. Honorable Matisa. Yes. I just think that he would have been amazing, yeah. <laughs> I just think he would have been amazing. Hong, hong, hong. Someone we nearly got. He he was actually due to come to studio and and he cancelled last minute because there was there was this issue that came about as well. What I'm just sad. The problem of coaching was a bunch of losers who don't have got any respect for this country. Have got any respect for anybody? But what did they come to meet? Just a bunch of unbearable useless individuals <laughs> i yeah i don't know i don't know what what does that guy what has that guy offered us um just in terms of opening up conversation space in South Africa, except for except Nicks. for stupid one-liners, Nicks. Uh, he's a guy that I think is a big disappointment. But Andrew, we have four minutes to go before 
we we're out of here. Drop the mic mm-hmm. uh, once mm-hmm. and for all. Um, uh, my friend, what are your reflections um, on this journey? Uh, you were the visionary behind this. You keep saying uh, that like uh, like no, it was but just you were. Me. No, 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 no. You don't were. Do that. Don't do um, that. And uh, and as you look forward now, what what you know, what where are you headed to, and what are you going to do? And just give re- like, why in the world are we retiring the show? I think people might just be interested. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's so many things in in that. Um, why are we retiring the show? Maybe let's start there. Um, I don't know why. We're retiring. <laughs> I think both of us are incredibly busy individuals. We have full time jobs, and the full time jobs, you know, one can be humbled to say that they're going well, um, and and are growing. And both of us are entrepreneurs in different spaces. And when you're an entrepreneur, it's very difficult to find time to do something properly. And I think the honest truth is I've felt personally that we haven't lived up to our radio standards in the little, in the last little while because we just don't have enough time to, to do the incredible amounts of research that it takes to do a really high quality conversational show. Um, at least I haven't. Mm. Um, and, and think that, you know, it's time to step aside and potentially give opportunities to people who, who do want to have conversational stuff going on the whole time and do have the time and can make a difference. And mm. why are you leaving the show? Well, same reasons. I guess it was just, uh, you know, um, the day jobs have become a lot more demanding. Um, and so we needed to, we needed to decide. I mean, it was just, it's, it's incredibly, I think it's, it, one might might not be aware of just how intense it is to prepare and uh, to prepare for a good show, right? Mm. So chasing gets down, research, um, and so on, and then still availing yourself to conduct the interview mm. and then to do the promotion and so on. It's quite hectic. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was. Uh, but I think we've we've had the conversations and we certainly enjoyed them. Mm. Um, and so this was a good time to buy out, bow out. Yeah, man. And on that, we should bow out. Uh, I, I think well, we, need to, we so, need to thank so, people. Voice huh? of thanks, exactly. So I think we need to thank, uh, first, who do we start with? Well, look, Gareth and Rena, um, you know, when I came on this thing, I was very unsure of myself, right? right. And I was very like, oh my goodness, I don't know how to do this. I, I, every week I was sitting with Rena and saying, how do I become good at this? And mm. I was struggling and so on. And she just kept saying, you know, go for it, do it, and so on. So, you know, sometimes you need other people to believe in you until such time as you've accumulated enough belief mm. in yourself. Mm. And certainly Gareth and Rena uh, provided that. Mm. I certainly have to thank you, my friend, um, for the invitation and uh, for the journey mm. and uh, for the patience and uh, the fights and the laughter. Thank you very much uh, for 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 being such. I don't, I don't think you even give yourself enough credit uh, mm. about just how 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 an amazing individual you are and uh, and I I really appreciate that I've had the opportunity to share uh, every Wednesday with you and uh, mm. and have an egg with you uh, just before that. Yeah, I think that's going to be the saddest part is not having a conversation with you once a week for sure guaranteed. Uh yeah, I think I want to echo that and thank you Rory. Um it's hard to find an individual who you can intellectually spar with and emotionally spar with at the same time who might have differing of opinions but still understand that at the base of this is love you know and i think that that's what's that's what's kept us going um and i really appreciate that like there's a lot of love between us and that's grown through this this period so i really appreciate that to gareth and rena gareth uh we have differing value systems and opinions um 
But one thing I must say and I appreciate about Gareth is he works damn hard and he gives opportunities. So I met Gareth when I was at UCT Radio and I was like, oh, Gareth, I want to be on Fire Fair, <laughs> And he put me up, you know, like, and uh, not many people will do that. Um, so I want to thank them. And then thank our producers over the years. Uh, there's been a lot of them, EPs and otherwise. Mm. Uh, our partners, they've had to with, uh, with, withstand a lot of conversations and questions and, and, and. And... Um, Thank our listeners. Yeah. And that's it, man. And with that, uh, change the world, everybody. Have yourself a lovely day. We look forward to conversing and continuing and uh, continue to converse in your own world. And thank you very much for listening to Frankly Speaking. Shop shop. This is cliffcentral.com.